0: morning, everyone. We're uh, glad that you're joining us here this morning. Some of you, if you're here for the first time, this is not an ordinary morning. Usually I'm preaching, but this, this Sunday we wanted to take an opportunity to express some of the, uh, the ideas of what generations look like. When we're wrapping up this sermon series, we thought it would be best that you would hear from one of your peers whether you are older or younger, and if if whichever age you are in whichever age bracket, you will be heard from one that will represent you this morning. And so we wanted to take that opportunity because one of the important things is not only that you are heard, but each one of us understand one another. And so in order for us as a church to continue to reach the world for Jesus Christ— In order for us to be better together we have to understand one another so we thought this would be a good opportunity so I am um, I'm not even going to take too much time in introducing each person that is here I'm just going to use by first name because we're a bunch of divas up here and so um, so it's important John John is here at the first seat right here John just please there you go all right we have Kim we have curry we have Brett the hunter and we have Stacy and we have Kelsey. And each one is representing a particular generation. We're trying to have some fun this morning so you guys can clap. It's okay. Now, here's the thing. As we do, we will we'll ask them a question and each one will, at least most of them, will be able to answer a, a question. And when we do so, we'll give them certain time. And when they do share, um, just kind of grab something from that. Be attentive to what uh, they're going about to say because it's important that... You are heard and everyone is understood. So I'm going to ask the first question and we're going to start with Kelsey this morning. Kelsey's there on your left. What are the primary pressures that your generation faces? Uh,
1: The millennial generation, (laughs) we have a lot of social media in case you didn't know that yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And with that comes seeing all of these amazing people doing amazing things looking amazing doing it Um, and it kind of gives us this pressure to compete with everyone around us and not just being seen but like every aspect of our lives because everybody wants to talk about what they're doing Um, and so we always feel this pressure to be Trendy, to be relevant, to be beautiful, um, to be talented. And not just to be those things, but to be better than the person next to us. To get the views, the attention to say that, yeah, what I'm doing is worth being seen. And worth being talked about. Um, And there's this other pressure that (laughs) is for us to grow up. I think a lot of people think that we act childish, and, you know, sometimes maybe we do. But, I, but us being grown-ups, we are adults, and we are grown-ups now. And the way that we live our adult life looks different, but it doesn't make us less of an adult. We're still grown-ups in the way that we are now, in the way that our society works. So we feel this pressure that even though I'm a grown-up, I'm not actually a grown-up yet.
0: Great. Thanks. Thanks, Kelsey. Now, I want to hand that off to a Gen X like myself, someone we call Baby Buster. And Curry, I want to I want to ask you that same question. What are the primary pressures that your generation faces?
2: I would say um, that one of the primary pressures that uh, we have, my generation, is raising kids um, in, a, in a system that's guided by rules of a, a very complex communication system. In other words, um, with social media, uh, the way that it is now, we are, you know, that's a social media encourages very quick and permanent dialogue. Mm. Okay. And uh, this system provides um, real time information for all of us. And it's frighteningly open and it is often irreversible. And I think that. Um, with a lot of younger folks if they spend a little more time thinking about that which they are writing in uh, in responses that was quick responses that we see texting and social media and so on um, uh, they probably they may not write some of what they write or may not uh, send an image that they uh, that they've sent and so I, I think that's a that's a, a big difference I think in my generation uh, we um, we're, we're uh, cognizant of that and take a little bit more time before uh, we, we fire off uh, our, our messages so that and and so I think that's a challenge raising kids uh, in that structure Curry thank you uh, I appreciate that uh, Stacy
0: someone who might be a little bit older than Kelsey and has a family how would you respond to the question that's being proposed
3: yeah I wouldn't piggyback off of both of those and say it's raising kids in a social media generation where everything is compared. Um, Are you breastfeeding, are you not? Are you sending your kids to private education or public school? Um, Are they getting vaccinated, are they not? Um, And so you have that pressure because everybody puts their opinion out um, on social media. And as well as I joke, um, but I I tell people all the time that I think everybody out there is gonna kidnap my children. (laughs) Um, Because of the social media platform in the sex trafficking that is so huge in today's like I can't just let my kids go out and play in the streets like I got to go and play in the streets because social media is just so big and it's so out there that I'm worried about everyone having access to my life and my children so that's really one of a huge pressure for us. Um, I'd also say another pressure is the demand to be involved in everything. Um, The demand to be in a triad, a a life group, a ministry on Sunday morning, on Wednesday night, taking your kids into sports and to dance. And all of those are really, really good things. Um, And so you want to do all of them, but the reality is to have to sustain marriage and your children. Like, you can't be involved in all of those. And so when you aren't, sometimes we feel judged a little bit, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's great. Great. I appreciate that, Stacy. Great, great answer. So, Kim, now I give this last uh, or this question to you as well. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this particular question?
4: Well, I'm in a transitional stage of my life. Uh, two and a half years ago, it was about retirement. Um, it was about whether we'd have enough money to make it. Would it be, what would our life look like? Are we going to have to, you know, budget our savings better? Um, and then is like, what do I do with my free time? Who am I? What is my purpose? Um, and so there's a real adjustment going on. And then on top of that, I'm now living with my husband 24-7.
1: Mm, and mm. Um, <laughs> believe
4: it or not, we're getting reacquainted. Um, so... It is that that was one of the biggest challenges in the last two years and then in the last year um, and as I approached this I knew it was coming and I watched others in my generation my age group take care of their aging parents mm. um, and they set a wonderful example of the love and the care that can be given um, while they're still on earth and a lot of them from my friends have passed and gone on but this year I am now taking care of my mom and dad mm. um, dad has had strokes and heart attacks all along the way he's we call him the energizer bunny but mom recently suffered um heart attack and did some surgery and then a stroke so neither one of them are driving now so my challenge is my time and my schedule including them fixing dinners and i couldn't do it without my husband but so those are my life changes and challenges in my generation for now
0: i appreciate uh each particular answer and i just want to make a comment before we go into the second question is that what I'm seeing just in the first question is each generation has a pressure and they face it. And so the question then comes out is how do we work together to understand each other? It's always based on relationship. It's always based on how do I get to know someone rather than focusing primarily on myself. So then we go into the second question which is what are common barriers? That's a double question here. What are common barriers to connecting with your generation? And then the second question is how would you suggest other generations connect with yours? So let's start with Stacy again.
3: Um, yeah, so I think um, some of the barriers is that millennials are known as the missing ch- um, generation from church. And I think some of that is because we. Um, desire relationships over programs. And I think when we were growing up in youth group, um, just the the trend of church was program-oriented. Let's do this. Let's have this event. Let's have this event. And I think our generation is really craving um, community and craving discipleship. And so one of the ways that I think we could face that barrier connect is for my generation in the aspect of having young kids is for the older generation to come into my life. And that means coming over to my house and hanging out and having coffee while I'm changing diapers, while mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, yeah. Or you could change the diaper for me. Um, yes. And, you know, I'm in a, in a life group with a lot of young adults that um, we have 19 children among all of us. And um, I just want to give a shout out to the Clearwaters who. come into our life Mm. and do small group with us do life group with us in spite of it being crazy Mm. Um, and they get like okay we're going to eat dinner while while they're being crazy we're going to do a bible study while kids are crying but yet they come into our life and we don't have to go out for it and so I think one of the um, to help us connect is to just step into our life because we want that and if you do it we won't shut you down
0: awesome awesome appreciate that Kelsey how about you
1: um, I agree with what Stacy was saying as far as looking for genuine connection and community with people. Um, I think it's easy to get in a routine and just kind of say, like, yeah, I know these people, but you don't actually spend the time to to connect with them. And for our generation, it's we feel really judged a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> 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 I think I think that's something that is probably pretty clear and easy to see, but it's hard to connect and to really like be open with people who you feel are just looking to tell you everything that you're doing wrong. Or why, like to blame the things that they don't like on this world on the current generation that's kind of running it. Um, And it's really hard to be open when you know it's just gonna start an argument or (laughs) or your entire conversation is just gonna be you defending your life, your position, and what's mm-hmm. normal for you. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, to connect, to really connect with people outside of your world, it takes the purposeful saying, I want to know about this person, and I, I genuinely want to know them and kind of how they work in their world and mm-hmm. not just stay inside of your own mind and your own world saying like, well, I wanna know about it, but know the person and people generally wanna open up to that.
0: Awesome, awesome, appreciate that. How about you, Brett?
5: For me personally, I kinda feel like I'm so caught up in everyday things. I'm a doer, I'm very, very busy. And um, not that social media platform is negative and you shouldn't be on it. I'm definitely um, a part of that. Uh, I enjoy, you know Facebook seeing what people are up to but just the business the busyness of life and then how social media has come into play and kind of taken over that concept of a relationship and um, I've experienced this personally um, to where parts of you know members of my family or, or some of my friends um, just choose the social media platform to communicate simply saying hey happy well last year, 40th birthday. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was kind of a big deal to me uh, to, to turn 40. Um, and when I'm just getting a happy birthday on social media from certain members that are really close to me, um, family and friends, it's very difficult. Um, so just kind of relying on social media to communicate and have that relationship, it's no longer face to face, it's no longer I'm gonna give you a phone call and be personable. It's using the social media platform, and I have a huge issue with that. And I also find a struggle with my own life trying to put aside all the things that I, that I do um, in order to have those uh, very important relationships.
0: Thanks, Brett. You know, I, I have to, I think you might have seen yesterday, I, I signed up Snapchat for the first time. <laughs> And uh, my kids, Giuseppe, is like, please, Dad, don't do it. He's like walking around me, please, Dad, don't do it. I mean, like a vulture, please, Dad, don't do it. You're embarrassing me. Why am I embarrassing you? I mean, I see people older than me on Snapchat. Why are you giving me such a hard time? And he doesn't want me to connect with the younger generation. He thinks it's not cool. So I just want you to know I'm trying. I'm trying. I mean, Snapchat is, I'm just behind in... So I can understand it's kind of challenging when you're going through these particular transitions. So Curry, can you speak to this as well?
2: I can, and I sort of represent the older of the Generation uh, X uh, group. And so I think that we're very cautious uh, about technology, at least on this end of Generation X. And I think that's because we were on the front end of computers, home computers, and the internet. It wasn't until I was in college that the internet was even a thing. Mm. Uh, I think it was graduate school actually, so you know so I, I grew up without these things in many ways grew up like a baby boomer in that respect and uh so uh, I, I think that's somewhat uh, of a barrier because we're cautious and we sort of scowl sometimes at what at what we see um younger folks doing and we're we're uh you know again very cautious about the dependence that we starting we're starting to see our world having on this uh, media so i'd say the best way uh, for younger generations to connect with us is to understand that in some ways we're still Uh, (laughs) old-fashioned for instance i I just, uh, my uncle passed a, a few couple weeks ago, and I wrote a handwritten letter that was two pages long, handwritten in cursive, which I don't <laughs> typically do. I don't even know if they teach that anymore in school. Uh, but uh, I would say uh, that just understanding that about us, we're, we're sort of a transitional generation.
0: I appreciate your response, because I'm within your generation, and I would agree Um, because we tend to be a little bit on the old-fashioned side. So my man, John, how would you respond to that, sir?
6: Speaking of old-fashioned,
0: whoops. Speaking of old-fashioned, that's me.
6: Um, Some of the things that uh, can be barriers to people in my generation are small. Um, Hearing loss. Hmm. For me and for other people that I know. It's something I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, it's, um, it's a small thing but I never thought about it until I had it myself and my wife got tired of repeating herself It was she was mumbling the whole time <laughs> anyway um, unwillingness to change a lot of folks in my generation have gotten to the point where you know you, you, they're hard to deal with sometimes because they don't want to change. Um, let's see. They don't even change a little bit. Um, as far as well, social media, Snapchat is Snapchat is safe from me. Okay, i <laughs> You don't have to worry about me doing that. I do. I do emails and a little bit of texting. The rest of it, you guys can have have all of it. (laughs) I do think it's, I don't wanna wander on, but I do think it's problems with the younger. So many of the younger folks don't realize that when they say something, it's gonna be there forever. And when they go to get a job, it can even be a problem from them. As you guys
0: pay attention to
6: politics, look what's going on now.
0: Anyway, Well, John, we appreciate that answer, and I want to hold you off because you're about to answer again, so keep that mic close to your mouth, if you would, please, because um, when you say that you have to communicate with people, Rocky Balboa did it really well. was, hey, yo, I'll just call you over there, hey, yo, you know, so that's how people used to talk back then. Whenever someone wanted to get me in the neighborhood, they would just yell out. We didn't have emails and text phones and, you know, text and, and phone, cell phones, and so I understand that. But let me ask you this third question. Okay, because it's great what you shared. I want to just, what do you believe are common misconceptions about your generation?
6: Well, I, th- I think people assume that we're judgmental. And of course, sometimes we are. Of course, I think every generation can be a little judgmental at times. Um, out of touch with modernity. Um, hmm. I hate the word update. Hmm. You know, we're just, we just sold our house and everything had to be updated. And I think sometimes that they think, you know, I have to be updated. I don't really want to be updated. (laughs) But uh, let me just say this, I remember when I was quite a bit younger, I, I was working with a guy who, I never paid too much attention to him, he did his work, and that was pretty much it and I didn't know much about him and I thought he was a pretty boring guy and then, then one time we had a a luncheon I don't remember what the subject might have been Christmas and I got to talking to him and he started going over some of his experiences like when he went through World War II and all of that other stuff I never looked at him the same way and I, I do think that there's to to some degree I think we are, we are not that different from one another, the mm-hmm. generations, I think. Um, I don't know, I do pay attention to politics a lot, but they, we spend too much time worrying about what the, what's different and not enough time worrying about what's the same.
0: Excellent, excellent, yeah. <laughs> you, sp- you spoke loud and clear for your peers and we appreciate that. Curry, help us out here. Um, what do you believe are common mi- misconceptions about your generation?
2: Uh, I, I'm sort of harping on the same thing, but I think it is a significant difference. Um, I, I think that, at least on my end of Generation X, uh, young people think that we don't really fully understand uh, computers or technology, uh, and that's uh, not the case. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just because I don't have a snap face or a face chat or... or I kid around. I I fully understand what these things are. Uh, We're we're just, (laughs) it's it's a, exactly. So uh, we're we're just, again, simply cautious and often critical because we see the value, but also the danger in this quick uh, and permanent communication.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Curry. A young man who's uh, in our church, who's 24, said, hey, you know, Bruno, do you know what all, all that's good, all's good, or something like that? I said, man, we invented that. <laughs> but, uh, but it's true that when, when we, we transition to some of these things, especially speaking to your generation, because it's mine, we're in the middle. You know, we have some of that old-fashioned, but we're trying to connect with the younger generation. So I appreciate that. How about you, Kelsey, one who's in the younger generation? How do you see this?
1: I think that people might view my generation as being um, sensitive and maybe overreacting. Um, mm. My generation definitely deals with a lot of anxiety, um, hmm. which would be... Who even knows how long that would take to get into? Um, but with the anxiety, there's definitely a lot of reactions that can come off as being too sensitive or um, overacting to, uh, overreacting to little things. But mostly, I think... Our sensitivity isn't to the little things. Um, Our generation now has kind of decided uh, that a lot of things that used to be commonplace or things that weren't really, that were joked about or weren't really thought of too much um, have decided that those aren't okay anymore. Um, Think about the social justice issues, uh, the treatment of women or other minority groups that Those are the things that my generation's really speaking out against Mm. and standing up for. And when we tear apart things from the past, movies or um, any kind of media that took those things really lightly and said things that really just weren't appropriate, um, it's seen as overreacting because it wasn't a big deal before. And now, looking at it, it's kind of like, that's actually not okay. So when we say something people say, why are they going on this again? Or just stop overreacting, it's not that big of a deal. But what it is, is it's us sharing the things that we care about and standing up for them.
5: You
0: know, I think it's, uh, I appreciate that answer because it's political correctness with our language. I think that's one of the challenges too. How can we be sensitive? And I think that's important because we who are a little bit older have made statements in the past that are not acceptable today. And so we have to be very careful with our language. How about you, Stacey?
3: Yeah, I would say a a misconception for us is that millennials are lazy. Um, Now, some are. Don't get me wrong, okay? (laughs) Um, But I I wouldn't call it lazy as much as just we have a different passion than what the previous generation and Drive Mm -hmm. for their passion was. You know, if someone called me lazy, I would be sensitive to it, not overreacting, but (laughs) sensitive to it because, you know, I get up at 5.30 every morning, get my kids ready, get to school, teach all day, coach get home, go to dance, or go to whatever I need to do in the evening, make lunch, and by the time I go to bed, I'm exhausted, and if Mm. someone called me lazy, that would be really offensive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think we're not necessarily passionate about um, necessarily getting the best job with the best paycheck. Um, You know, millennials is the first generation to not surpass the previous generation in net worth, Um, meaning that I probably with what I do won't make more than what my parents made at their age, um, or at, by, by the end of my lifetime, because I would say we're not lazy. We're geared more towards social justice and, um, things that, um, we believe really have an impact, not saying that the other generation, what they did didn't have an impact, but things that we currently believe have an impact on our society.
0: Great. Well, I appreciate that. And Stacy, what do you think, um, with your, with reference to your generation, how would you define success?
3: Um, I would define success as personally living out your value system, um, meaning that like I believe I have the most successful job I could ever have because it has been a dream of mine to come back to this school mm. to educate students, to disciple them, to teach Bible, and it was a dream of mine to be an athletic director, and I'm doing all of that. Now, does my paycheck say that I'm successful? <laughs> No, it doesn't. Um, It doesn't say that I'm successful, but um, I'm I'm working within my value system of what I believe the Lord has called me to do. And not only job-wise, I would say working your value system with relationships. Um, You know, our life group, and I love that we changed the word from small group to life group because I really believe that's what it is. like. We really, we really take care of each other. Like some of us vacation together. We, we hang out on Saturdays together. We go and do things with their family or their kid system. And to me, that's really successful living because we have this community and we have this tribe that is walking life with us. And I really think as you read scripture, um, discipleship is really life on life. It's not necessarily sitting down and having a Bible study um, which is good, but it's doing life so that I can see what a godly mother looks like or a godly wife looks like because when you're in the trenches, like you just think you're constantly failing. Um, and so I would say success is operating within our
5: value system.
0: Awesome, awesome, great answer. I really appreciate that. Brett, how about you?
5: Um, before I answer, I have a disclaimer. Um, this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't necessarily how I view success, but I feel that my generation... Um, looks at outward uh, and more materialistic appearances Mm -hmm. and uh, of course you use social media in order to display those through Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you use those things um, to paint this beautiful picture of your life to show I'm successful. and sometimes people use it you know, to seek that attention because they're not even sure themselves. So they're looking for that like or they're looking for that comment. Wow, you have an amazing house. I love your new car. Your hairstyle looks great. Um, but to have that great house, um, to have the job with a large income, uh, to provide opportunities for your family to, to go on vacation, to uh, have your kids and 50 million things, um, to have that uh, attractive spouse, check.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: um, to You're not have, sleeping on the couch tonight.
1: <laughs> to,
5: to, to, have, okay. to, have, to have people um, who say that they love your kids, yeah. if you don't, yeah. complaint department is my wife, um, to have all those things um, is how our generation defines success.
0: Awesome answer, brother. Kim, help us out here.
4: Okay, so I'm coming from a generation as I grew up, the questions were um, how much, what, do you, what profession or what, what are you going to do your, with your life to make an income? Mm. Um, what happens if your husband dies? How, how are you going to support yourself? You've got to have a good education or a good job or whatever. So the success was definitely based on income, uh, job, profession. Whatever, um, and then it was like, okay, you got to have a family, um, and 2.2 kids or whatever it is nowadays. But you know, it it was more pressure um, to get the house and to have the American dream of you know job, family, and and um, and a house, uh, whatever. So I really. I don't particularly like that definition of success now, but that's what I grew up with and that's what we're facing, yeah.
0: Awesome, awesome. Appreciate that, Kim. John, how about you? Okay. um, I
6: don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of a psychologist named Maslow, but he has this thing with it's a hierarchy of needs. And I think what's successful at my age depends on where you are in that. And the, the, end of, the end of that was called self-actualization, which means you've gotten all the little simple needs out of the way, and you can try to be who you are and um, being comfortable with yourself, financially stable, generally healthy, achieving some measure of respect and grateful to God for, for what we have and who we are. And um, that's kind of how I define it. I'm fortunate enough that I'm, I've made it through the where am I going to eat tonight, you know and, and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that haven't, and so they're going to have a totally different view. So:
0: Okay, great. How about you, Kelsey, if uh, you can share a little bit about you know, the success within your generation?
1: Um, I think that success for us is, uh, I agree a lot with what Stacy was saying, um, being true to, like, your values and living that out. Um, being, it's kind of like being happy with what you're doing right now and being ready to move on to the next step. That's, that's kind of what I think we want. And when it comes to um, the next generations, Gen Z, um, the students that I teach, I'm a middle school teacher, um, they want to be known they want to be known and they want to be known by social media. All I hear is I want to, I'm going to be a famous YouTuber. I'm going to be, when we ask, when we ask, so if you, so what, you don't want to do your schoolwork, what are you going to do with your life? You know, the same thing that I'm sure you guys asked us. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, so, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, and they say, oh, I'm just going to get famous on YouTube or I'm going to get famous on Instagram. Um, and that's, that's what they want. They want to have that, um, that fame of people seeing what they're doing and liking them, thinking they're funny, thinking that I wanna be them. And um, I think that's kind of what the current generations are looking for to be successful is how many people are following me, how many people like me, how many people know my name.
0: Okay, well, great. Uh, Before we go to our last uh, question, I wanna tell you that this has been great to hear each of your perspectives Um, Because perception is reality. And even though it's an individual perception or perspective, um, some of it can be reality to those who are just sitting in here in this room today. So I appreciate that. So what we're going to do on this last question is we want to hear from everyone. And we're going to start with Kelsey and just kind of go down the row. So the last question is share one positive thing about another generation.
1: I really admire how the generations that have come before mine, um, especially the older ones, how they really know what hard work is. Um, They know that it's like what Kim was saying, setting up for your family, being ready, taking care of them. They know that it's not all about me and my personal fulfillment, but it's about the people I care about and the people who are attached to me and they're willing and able to do the hard work that it's going to take to take care of the people around them and not to just let the hard times hit them. Like they, they hit and then they work hard through it and they survive.
3: Yeah. Um, for me, I would say, um, positive things about other generation is the wisdom that you give to young families, um, and young women is priceless, um, to sit and, Hear what you guys have to say, and to, because you guys are out of the stage that we're in. And so to say, oh, you're going to get through this, it's okay, um, and then give the wisdom on how to get through it in a godly manner is really, really priceless because as a believer in the millennial, I want to hear godly wisdom. I really want people to come alongside me and say, listen, like, have you thought about this? Have you done this? Have you considered this? And I think it's just priceless to me. And also, something about the older generation is. And I would say probably growing up in this church, I've seen it really magnified is that the older generation is always ready to give financially, always ready to help out a person in need. Um, You know, like I think it was a couple years back and we had some homeless people in our church and like within an hour after service, like needs were met. And for me to watch that is really cool because, uh, you know, being a generous giver is what Jesus wants us to do. And so to watch your example is really great.
5: My answer also um, is focused on the older generation. Uh, I walked into this church back in 2002, a long time ago, and uh, it was the older generation that met me at the door, that said hello, that welcomed me. Um, And of course, I think we all, it, it doesn't matter who you are, I believe that you want someone to give you attention. You want someone to pay attention to you, to love on you, um, to give you assistance, advice, whatever it is. Um, we, we, we all want that attention. And it was the older generation um, that it wasn't until I got to this church, um, namely uh, Charlie Brown mostly, um, who uh, met me at the door, who talked to me. There was text, who was kissing and hugging me. Um, I'm, I'm a hugger. I'm okay with that. Um, so, Uh, it's the older generation uh, that just made me feel so welcomed, and they have invested so much into me. Um, And being able to spend time with them is an absolute blessing. Uh, This summer, uh, I was invited to uh, attend breakfast uh, with the older generation, and because I'm so busy, I was only able to make it uh, three times, but it was, it was something that I really, really looked forward to. Um, I really appreciate the older generation for the, the love that they give and for how they have that capacity, um, to love on people.
2: Okay. I I wanted to bring your attention quickly that, uh, I'm still in my forties. Okay. I I don't know if you noticed that, but, uh, still a pretty young guy. Uh, at any, at any rate, I would like to uh, mention that I, I think Generation Z, our, our, our current generation, has an incredible opportunity to model Christian behaviors um, through this powerful thing called social media. And what I mean by that is um, I, I think specifically uh, our, these, this, this generation now uh, should be the same person in church as they are at work, as they are with friends, and specifically... Uh, the way that they communicate online, I think that's a, there's some tremendous power in that and a great opportunity uh, to spread uh, the word uh, of, of Jesus Christ that way. And I'm seeing that happen, so that's I have great hope for them. I also want to uh, echo what uh, Brett is saying about the silent generation as well as the, the greatest generation. They set an incredible uh, example for all of us, um, for succeeding generations, by just sitting down and talking with us. Their unconditional love, their spiritual guidance. Um, Again, handwritten letters. What an amazing thing. You should see the boxes I have of letters at home that I've kept from my folks and from my grandparents and aunts and uncles. Front porch conversations. I love that stuff, and, and I miss it. Uh, and so um, but I, so I want to thank that generation as well on, on both sides.
4: So I really admire the younger generations. Um, and I don't know what the titles are, Millenniums Y, whatever they are. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> they are reaching for their dreams with enthusiasm. Um, they've broken that mold of you have to have a nine-to-five job you know, um, and they're making it, you know, Uh, and I give the hard work, it takes hard work to do that, to be breaking the molds of what the older generations thinks you should be doing, Um, and a shout out to my generation and the older generation, again, I'm echoing what everybody else is saying, is that the giving of their time and their money, and maybe it's because they are Empty nesters, that they've got their house paid off, they've got the cars paid off, that they have some extra money. But even then, they would be generously giving their shirt off their backs if they had to, to help you get through a, a, a hard time. So there's, there's lot, lots of good to be said.
6: Going back to Curry, I think I can remember my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> some of the time. Um, honestly, in, in spite of the negatives that I sometimes hear and even read about the younger, I, again, I don't, oh, I'm sorry. The what can loss, I, remember. yeah, what can I say? Anyway, um,
1: Yeah. anyway, I, you
0: remember the
6: some, some of the people that I, I not the ones I hang around close with but some of the people in my age group and all you hear a lot of negatives about the young people and I don't I'm like uh, Kim I really don't know what the name of them is I, I know I found out today that I'm in the silent generation never been accused of being silent in my life <clears throat> anyway um, I actually find hope in our future society with this group, um, especially here at Grace. They are intelligent, friendly, courteous, respectful, and generally pleasant to be around. I feel I can talk to them just as I can anybody else. And um, it blesses me to see the young people doing things in the church, working um, and, all, and all of that. At, um, it just does. And um, so I'd just like to emphasize, you know, we really aren't that much different. we got a lot of little things that are different. But if we can just reach out and get to know one another, we're not that different.
0: Let me make uh, some concluding remarks uh, before we end our time together um, today. Um, I want to appreciate, first of all, the comments that were made on this last uh, statement here, sharing the one positive thing about another generation. Um, I would have not been, as I mentioned before during my preaching time, I would have not been or cannot be the man that I am today if the older generation didn't reach out to me. I spent time, when I came to Christ, I spent time with people 20 years older than me. There was no one around my age in our church in Stanford, Connecticut. But what drew me was their love for God. God. And so I didn't really care if they were older or not. I was more concerned about, do they love Jesus, and can we really connect together? And we did. Um, I hung around with people I would consider parents today, Joanne and Vito Colucci, my pastor who was 15 years older than me. Um, Again, there wasn't many who were at my age. In fact, pretty much none. But I was able to connect. And I was in between the younger and the much older. But for me, uh, it was... It was innovative because I was able to recognize that what the Bible talks about, even in Titus when we were talking about, is not only intergenerational, but gender-oriented as well. Each one of us are called by God to reach someone else. And each one of us need to reach with the character more than what we do. Try not to find something that you can find an interest with someone else, even in their different age. Try to find something in interest because you have a passion for the Lord. So when you look at Titus chapter 2, you see these elements are quite clear. He calls everyone, every generation to be self-controlled, sound in faith, sober in doctrine, dignified. He calls each one to be reverent in some manner. And so with that in mind, as we concluded this, this particular sermon series, we have to keep in mind that while we were trying to hear and listen and understand, we have had to understand one thing, that God calls each one of us to be sound in our faith. And that is key because that is a character issue. That's a character component. That is something where God is working on us in our hearts. And so when you're asking another question, how do I cross roads here with another, another generation? You heard that from the panelists today. Great insight from what they shared. And how do you really do it is real simple. I just have three little things that you want to do. You just, you you take the initiative to do it. Just take the initiative. Say, God, what can I do to reach someone outside of my generation? And then what you do is you just say, you know, I'm going to be intentional about this. Put it as part of my priorities in my life. And then with that passion that covers it all with an impact, how can I make an impact by being with someone outside of my generation? See, Curry and I, we stand right in the middle because we're in the middle between, I'm too old to the younger generation, but I'm still a young man to the older generation. And I, I'm in the middle. We're in the middle. We're trying to figure ourselves out and how we're transitioning and buffering. And I tell you, I still ask that question, how am I making an impact for the kingdom of God? And so I want to Pray. And then uh, as we pray, then we'll, we'll give a round of applause for our panelists. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for each person here for taking the time and effort to put all of these answers together to these questions. I pray that someone's heart was challenged and changed today. And I pray that your spirit would move in each one of us to pierce our hearts, to cross the lines of generations, to make a difference, to be intentional. God, I pray that we would take that initiative and to make an impact. Father, I'm so grateful for your people, for this church, for what you are doing here at Grace Church. Thank you for allowing us this awesome opportunity this morning. We are grateful to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give a round of applause to our panelists. Thank you so much. Great job, guys. Well, what a great job. Here, I just want to um, make a few comments before we're dismissed today. We've been talking about Reach Week and how important that is for us to reach the world for the kingdom of God. We talked in the first week of this sermon series about our target and how the Gen Z culture and Gen Z generation and how we have to reach them most of all because they're not the future of our church, they are our church. And we have to keep that in mind, because when we say they're the future of our church, then we disconnect ourselves from them. So it's important that we grasp that. So I, wanted, I came across a scripture that the Lord gave to me, and I shared it with the staff this week. And then I felt the need that we need to be reminded as God's people of why it is important of what we do and how we need to reach those who are far away from God, how we need to be better together. So when we're better together, loving each other, we're going to be excited about reaching. When you know you're loved by your mom and your dad, you're more excited about life. (laughs) I knew that growing up because I struggled with that. But when I knew mom and dad loved me, there was just a super confidence in me. And every day I miss them. But I'm thankful for in-laws that have taken some of that place. And who believe Christ and trust in Christ. I just had my mom, here, my mother in law here for uh, about a couple of days and about seven days when we were at the store. And Joy and I and my mother in law were together. And the woman at Walmart thought that my mother in law and I were mother and son <laughs> because we were, we were just so close. And I want you to understand that that's the beauty of, of that is the joy of spending that quality time and getting to know one another. And we're reaching the world. So let me just share this scripture with you, Isaiah 58, 1 through 11. I'm going to read this out. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask me of righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, seek your own pleasure and oppress all the workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it not this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then you shall, like your light, break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go forth before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard." Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desired and scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. That speaks loud and clear. We are called still as the church to reach those who are hungry and poor, who are afflicted, who desperately need, to hear the gospel and be set free from their bondage. If that doesn't move you, we need to talk because it needs to move you. We need to reach those who are far away. That should be our passion. That should be intentional. That should take every bit of our priorities. We need to get our eyes off of ourselves and our eyes on the Lord reaching those far away from him. I want to encourage you today as we're dismissed, I'm going to pray that God would do that with Reach Week, that his heart would be thrown in, just in us and that it would be displayed through our service to those outside. Let that be our passion. Let that be our heartbeat for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to you, a challenge given by you. Lord, I, I read this morning... It said, Jesus, in Matthew 11 and verse 1, said Jesus commanded his disciples. Today, we're afraid to use the word of God as a commandment, afraid that someone will be offended. Well, Lord, they're going to have to be offended because you're commanding. And God, we just asked as you have commanded us, even with Isaiah 58, as you did back then, prior to Jesus coming here on earth, when you were reminding your people in the Old Testament, Lord, you're reminding us and applying it today, that we still, as the church, need to reach those who are far away from you, hungry and afflicted and in bondage. God, help us for Reach Week to make a difference, to touch a life, to hear stories after it's all done, to see your hand move through your people, how exciting it will be when we show forth not only the videos and the pictures, but the stories that come back of life change. God, we want to see life change in Grace Church, not only here, but all around our community and abroad. God, give us a passion to want to see that happen. Lord, we are so grateful that you gave us an opportunity to understand today and to be heard. And so, Lord, I pray that we will walk out of here excited about what you want to do through us for Reach Week. Lord, we love you and we thank you for Grace Church, and we thank you for the hands that are being prepared to serve you that week. So Lord, I pray as people go out today that they will sign up and trust you, and they will believe you for work that you're going to do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.